I'm announcing a proposal for the Rochester area to take greater control over its own higher education destiny. I propose that we create a university here in Rochester. Welcome to Beyond the Nest, the University of Minnesota Rochester's alumni podcast. I'm Amber Klein, a content creation specialist here on campus. A little over 18 years ago, then Minnesota Governor Tim Pawlenty came to Rochester to deliver his 2005 State of the State Address. Tucked in his message to the fine people of the North Star State was a long-sought commitment to reimagining the landscape of higher education in the city of Rochester and southern Minnesota. In today's episode of Beyond the Nest, we look at how a community came together through civic, business, and academic collaboration to move the idea of a four-year university from concept to creation. In 1985, after two decades of steady growth and expansion, the community of Rochester took stock of its offerings and began plotting a course toward the future. Following a trip to Washington, D.C. to attend a planning seminar on community development, representatives from the city, Olmsted County, and the Rochester Area Chamber of Commerce returned with the concept for what would become Future Scan 2000. Formerly established in 1986 and spearheaded by the local chamber, FutureScan 2000 was comprised of a wide cross-section of academic, business, civic, and community leaders and tasked them with measuring Rochester against its nationwide peers, homing in on areas of need from critical infrastructure to downtown development, and putting forth a set of recommendations to act on ahead of the coming millennium. Over nearly two years, a 39-member steering committee conducted extensive stakeholder interviews, met with peers from across the country, heard from numerous local and regional industry experts, and even did some daydreaming. For Marilyn Stewart, Future Scan's work helped shape the community's approach to updating its outlook on higher education. One of the major focus points that came out of FutureScan 2000 was that we were to work hard to get more and better higher ed. At the time, Rochester was home to several institutions, including the Rochester Community College, St. Mary's University, a private liberal arts college, and Winona State University and the University of Minnesota via a patchwork of course and degree offerings located mainly, but not always on, the RCC campus. In listening to the Rochester community, academia, and businesses large and small, FutureScan determined there was a need for an advocacy group to push local, state, and federal policy to better coordinate and serve Rochester's growing and diverse higher education needs. Born out of FutureScan's recommendations, the Greater Rochester Area University Center, or GROUG, was formally established in 1987 as a non-profit organization. Following FutureScan's roadmap, GROUG went to work galvanizing the community, including city and state policymakers, around the importance of bringing additional higher educational resources to Rochester, a city bursting at the seams for business, engineering, and advanced degree offerings. As a former executive director of Grout, Allison Good captures the organization's unique place in the community. 
Grauk is a community advocacy group uh, that has, uh, I think, been recognized throughout the state as one of the unique assets for uh, bringing important issues before the community and building coalitions and working with industry and uh, area uh, higher education institutions to try to figure out a model that would meet the unique needs we have here in Rochester. Steadily moving its aims forward, in 1989, Grouk was instrumental in securing $17 million in state funding for the build-out of the University Center Rochester on the campus of Rochester Community College. Bringing together three institutions in Rochester Community College, Winona State University, and the University of Minnesota, UCR would provide an array of degree and courses for students in Rochester and across southern Minnesota who may otherwise have to travel up to the Twin Cities to complete their desired training and education. UCR and its facilities were completed in 1993, and while this unique and collaborative partnership would run through 2015, when UCR's advisory board was officially dissolved and its facilities fully enveloped by the now Rochester Community and Technical College, Grout did not sit on its laurels and continued throughout the 1990s to advocate for policies that would eventually bring a four-year institution to Rochester. As an active member of Grouk, eventually becoming board chair, Marilyn Stewart was energized by the community's push for a campus, but lamented the lack of funding to support the endeavor. My longtime friend, Senator Nancy Brannis, who's no longer with us, and our longtime representative, Dave Bishop, had both worked so hard in the legislature trying to get a branch. And at one point in the 90s, they had really voted to have a branch here, but they didn't fund it, and you can't do anything without dollars. In 1999, Grouk successfully advocated before the University of Minnesota Board of Regents and the state legislature for the formal establishment of a branch of the U of M in Rochester. The move would allow the U to expand its courses at UCR to meet the community's advanced degree needs, which were plenty given the presence of Mayo Clinic and IBM. A then well-respected IBM project manager, Jim Clausen, saw the lack of a four-year university in Rochester as unique and something to eventually change. Rochester, Minnesota was the only site in the United States that didn't have a fully accredited university at an IBM location. So that's was another motivation for trying to get this connection established. By the early 2000s, with UCR up and running, Grouk, now known as the Greater Rochester Advocates for Universities and Colleges, took another crack at bringing a U of M campus to Rochester, and this time, things seemingly fell into place. After decades of pushing and several fits without starts, the idea of a four-year campus in Rochester gained its most important endorsement in January 2005. Governor Plenty came down and kind of made this announcement. Mm -hmm. I think kind of shocked a lot of people. We're going to build one and it's going to be, you know, we're going to get a new campus and it's going to be right here in Rochester. And the ripple effect through the community that was cheering because people had been talking about not necessarily just this health focus, mm -hmm. but wanting a four-year, full four-year bachelor's degree program here in this community. For Kim Norton, then a member of Grauken on the Rochester School Board, now the city's mayor, Governor Plenty's endorsement kicked the effort to bring a four-year campus to town into a much higher gear. 
Halfway through his first of two terms, Governor Plenty had picked up the mantle for a new U of M campus with a desire to take an innovative approach to higher education and to serve one of the state's great economic engines in the city of Rochester. There are certain uh, strengths, both historical and current, that Rochester possesses that not only provide great benefit to the to southeastern Minnesota, but to our whole state and to our state's economy. Mm-hmm. And as we drill down into that in, in more detail, we realize the critical importance of the Mayo Clinic and other institutions in Rochester, but also the need to supply uh, trained, educated, aligned, prepared uh, professionals and, and an educated and trained workforce to, to fuel what we hoped would be Uh, Rochester taking off and accelerating even further, driven in part, substantial part, by the health sciences. And so that led to uh, some review uh, within our office and by me around what type of higher education capabilities did Rochester currently have? Mm -hmm. Uh, Was that really well aligned and well considered as it related to a future vision about Rochester continuing to lead the world and lead Minnesota in health sciences? and how could we make it better? And that led to uh, studying, of course, the long history of the higher education in Rochester, but seeing that you know, the, the idea of making a full university campus at Rochester had been frankly, uh, in my view, overlooked, deferred, shelved, delayed, you know, whatever word you want to use. And we decided it's time to put a marker down and make it happen. For Marilyn Stewart, Governor Plenty's support of a U of M campus was a long-sought goal, however, one that required Marilyn to once again sharpen her pencil, break out her trusty Edina Realty notepad, and this time, shepherd a statewide Blue Ribbon Committee. Jack got in the act and said, you have to apply. And I said, no, I, I have an office of 100 agents, I've got a job, and I don't need another job. <laughs> he said, you have to do it, because look what you've lived through. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the night before the applications were due, I was sitting on my kitchen island filling out that form and sending it in. And you got to know that I was a busy person and I worked a lot of hours because I had all those agents and all those things I needed to do for my day job. (laughs) Anyway, I said, okay, you got to drive me up for this interview because I I don't have time to think about what I'm going to say to these people. And so I went and I was about to leave and I said, well, I, I don't know. The, Susan Hegard, who was the chairperson for the governor, she was the um, commissioner of education or whatever her title was. Anyway, said to me, I just don't know how we're gonna pick this committee because we have had so many good people recommended. And I thought, well, that's what you say to people when you're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> so I went back to the car and said, Jack, I think I just got the royal kiss off. <laughs> anyway, um, it was I went ahead and had some vein surgery. That was on a Monday. And Thursday, I got a phone call. And it was the governor's office asking, would I like to chair the committee if I was still interested in being on it? And I said, well, yes. And I said, I said, I can't tell you no. <laughs> well, when the governor comes asking to have you sit on a, on a committee and chair it, I, I think that's the only appropriate answer. Yeah. 
Following Governor Tim Pawlenty's formal appointment of the Rochester Higher Education Development Committee, or RHEDC, its members, a deep bench of skilled civic business and academic minds, began their work in earnest in the basement of Maryland's Edina Realty offices on the morning of Friday, July 22, 2005. On a somber note, Rochester Higher Education Development Committee member Dwight Gourneau recently passed away. Dwight came to RHEDC after a long career at IBM as a computer development engineer and manager, and as a nationally recognized champion of STEM education projects serving Native American students and teachers. A member of the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa, Dwight graduated from Turtle Mountain Community High School in 1961 earned a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering and physics, and while at IBM, Dwight would publish 12 inventions, obtain two patents, and was recognized for numerous accolades. Dwight's contributions to UMR are still felt today, and he will be missed. Over 18 meetings spanning nearly a year, RHEDC crafted a set of recommendations they would present to Governor Plenty and the legislature for how to address complex higher education needs and workforce demands of a growing city like Rochester. For Drew Flotta, at the time an IBM employee and a member of RHEDC, the committee took into account the unique position Rochester plays in Minnesota as home to Mayo Clinic and IBM, as well as creative ways to address some of higher education's more thorny issues, such as space utilization, curricular focus, and quite frankly, how to build a campus from scratch. We actually spent a long time in the committee, uh, kind of in subcommittee work. So we had a group that was focused on curricula development. You know, mm -hmm. what are you going to have for your initial focus and what's that going to be about? We had a group focused in on campus development. What does that look like, mm -hmm. you know, from the standpoint of, you know, where do you start to where does the real estate look yeah. like and all that kind of stuff yeah. to, you know, the overall funding side of things, you know. So there were a lot of different sub-elements that I think we spent more time on than that, than that complete vision piece up front. I think, like I said, that came together pretty quick. At the legislature, members of RHEDC, along with a support network of higher education advocates, fanned out across the Capitol to build bipartisan support for not only the establishment of a campus, but the approval of state funding to initiate. And despite the warm reception from the legislature, there were folks at the Capitol and within Minnesota's higher education ecosystem who were worried about the creation of a campus in Rochester. Their fears focused mainly on the potential impact a new U of M campus may have on existing higher ed programs and if critical resources are going to be diverted away to fund new ideas rather than legacy programming. Employing a sustained offense to win over legislators, UMN system leaders, administrators at Minnesota's public four-year universities and colleges, and the general public, RHEDC engaged with a wide variety of stakeholders, shared their mission in committee hearings and before local chambers, and made their pitch to the citizens of Minnesota through strategically placed op-ed pieces in communities where resistance to a new Rochester campus was highest. By May of 2006, after numerous hearings and extensive meetings with key policymakers, the legislature passed the recommendations embedded in RHEDC's report and sent it off to Governor Pawlenty for his signature. As you might recall, I appointed that commission, yeah. and, uh, and so I appointed it with people in mind of not so much whether we would or wouldn't have the campus, but how could it be structured in a way that would be most beneficial to southeastern Minnesota, at least harmful you know, to other interests that were, say, legacy or incumbent 
providers or platforms in the area. So I, I wasn't surprised by their yeah. findings because I sort of anticipated it or at least planned the commission with that potential outcome in mind. But importantly, their work of not only recommending the campus, but beginning to sketch out what type of scope of offerings the campus might have that would be uh, best aligned to, to the needs, strategic needs of Minnesota, and also minimize uh, any sort of disruption to other institutions was, I think, an elegant piece of work by the commission. Standing beside Governor Plenty as he signed legislation creating the campus of the University of Minnesota Rochester was a beaming Maryland steward who, along with scores of Rochester champions and advocates, helped reshape the landscape of higher education in Rochester and across southern Minnesota and set in motion an opportunity for forward-thinking academic innovators to design one of the country's newest public institutions of higher learning. For folks like State Senator Carla Nelson and others in the Rochester community, the chance to build a campus from scratch was not only unique, but an opportunity to look at new ways in which higher education could be better delivered to best serve the 21st century student. Now, what I saw was a great opportunity, uh, a great opportunity to design a university today with today's innovations, Mm -hmm. today's tools to meeting today's needs. And that's where I see even over and above what I had even anticipated, mm-hmm. how the UMR has far surpassed, I thought, I think what anyone could have thought regarding today's university. Bringing the campus of the University of Minnesota Rochester to fruition took dedicated supporters and countless hours of tireless work. In doing so, these champions listened to their community, heard from experts near and far, and exquisitely navigated a thicket of public opinion and even a healthy dose of skepticism. Yet, in the end, the idea of a four-year campus in Rochester won over even its loudest detractors and positioned UMR to become one of the country's most innovative campuses, serving a diverse student body eager to solve the grand health challenges of the 21st century. for listening to Beyond the Nest, UMR's alumni podcast. In our next episode, we take a look at UMR's first chancellor, Dr. Stephen Lemkul, and the opportunity he and a host of other innovative academic thinkers had to shake higher education like an etch-a-sketch and create a new university from scratch. This season of Beyond the Nest is produced by UMR Alumni Relations, written and narrated by Marco Lands, and edited by Dante Fumo. Until next time, I am Amber Klein, and thank you for listening to Beyond the Nest.